here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den podcast. Uh, I'm really excited today because we're going to be touching on a part of Amazon advertising that to the best of my knowledge, doesn't get talked a lot about. Uh, I know that we've never talked about it on this show. So I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully we'll be able to really learn what it's like to run a high powered, high efficiency Amazon marketing program. Um, because today I'm super stoked to have uh, Adam Lind on the show. Adam, how are you doing? What's up? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Right on. Um, so and the reason why I say we've never talked about this is before uh, is because we've never had a brand manager on the show before. So what I think is so fascinating, we've had Amazon SEO professionals, we've had Amazon agency owners, we've had Amazon PPCers, of course, obviously have hosted the show. So, and we've had people from AdBadger on here. We've had all different kinds of people on the show, individual sellers, but one category that we've never heard from are brand managers. And I think this is such an interesting perspective that you have. Adam, like, what do you do on a day-to-day? -day? You know, you're from Overdrive Brands, um, but tell us a little bit about like what a day in the life is for you. Yeah, really, it's a, it's a balance between managing uh, the sales of our, of our 10 existing brands, um, looking for new products for new brands, and then, uh, you know, optimizing the efficiency of, of the uh, campaigns external and on campaign manager for our more mature SKUs um, and setting up plans for those existing SKUs um, that our team can go out and execute. And, you know, to, to help wrap our head around it, are you saying that Overdrive goes out and purchases these brands. Is that how you acquire these 10 brands or did you start them sort of in-house? We start all of our brands um, in-house from scratch, um, build them from the ground up and kind of build them skew by skew and that's, kind of nurture them up to, up to maturity. Yeah. I also think that's fascinating too, because a lot of brand managers are working at, you know, one larger company and they're the brand manager of one company, or they work at an aggregator and they're purchasing a lot of companies. But what I think is so fascinating about your experience is that, you know, you've got 10 under your belt that you guys have researched, launched, started. And I already, I'm like pretty fascinated because, you know, the concept of like, oh, that person has the same 24 hours a day that I have. And I had a business coach one time, shout out Tim Conley. Uh, I had a business coach one time who basically said, hey, that person actually doesn't have the same 24 hours as you do. If they can set up the right systems and processes and build the right people, well, then they can actually get, you know, thousands of hours of work done in 
<laughs> while you get 24 hours uh, done. And I've always thought that was so fascinating. So like, I think what you just described of just like launching one, building another, building another is the exact encapsulation of that. And for so many people on the show who are either solopreneurs, small brand owners, um, you know, people that refer to themselves as like Amazon sellers. And then we have Amazon marketers who might interact with uh, individual sellers or want to, you know, work with a larger brand manager. I think it's so fascinating, your perspective. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at your LinkedIn and the <laughs> the, the quick rundown that you wrote, and I'm sure there's so many things, so many more things. I mean, this is a, such a wide breadth Instrumental in new categories, launch and growth, uh, zero to eight figures annually, create and execute, uh, execution of SKU category and brand budgets and forecasts. And that's what I think is, is really cool that, you know, marketing and customer acquisition strategies, replenishment and inventory planning, running multi-person offshore teams, category level P&Ls. So let's actually start getting into this. My first thing that I think is really fascinating is like, how have you thought about building crafting your Amazon marketing team. Like take me back to the beginning, like when, you know, you were just starting out with a smaller handful of brands, like how did you decide to first start building the Amazon marketing team that you have today? Well, um, first of all, it's a lot of trial and error. You know, we're, we're obviously not perfect and, you know, we're still learning as we go. Um, but I think that initially we're managing it, uh, in-house ourselves um, with not not a whole lot of uh, experience um, specifically with Amazon. Had a lot of great experience in, in other industries, um, but not a lot of Amazon experience. And that, that worked well for us for a while. Um, we knew it wasn't fully optimized, but it, you know, we were kind of doing the best with what we had. Um, Around what year was that? Whatever you guys were like running it yourselves? probably uh, 2018, mm-hmm. 2019. Um, yeah. And we, we, we kind of just evolved beyond that and knew that um, in order for us to, for our brands to take the next step um, and be fully optimized, um, I say fully optimized, we're still, you know, that's, that's an ongoing um, challenge, but um, we knew, we knew we needed something a little bit more optimate, uh, automated, excuse me. And, uh, something a, a little bit more dynamic and strategic than, than, than we were capable of pulling off in-house. Walk me through the lesson that you learned. Like, when did you realize that, hey, running it ourselves and also who was running it internally? You, you know, a lot of times I'll hear stories of, you know, the uh, inventory manager will also double as PPC marketer. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, who was actually running the PPC and when did you decide that wasn't enough? And how did you know that it wasn't enough? Our head of product was was running it at the time. Um, he was, you know, he was doing that among about twelve other different jobs. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't know if I can point to a specific moment, um, but it was more of just as we acquired more and more knowledge and had data points, more and more data points to reference. Um, we just knew that 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 we were leaving a lot on the table. Mm-hmm. So when you first sought out to, to bring someone else and, you know, you have so many decisions to make there, you know, do you bring in a freelancer on a contractor basis? Do you hire someone part-time? Do you hire someone full-time? Do you work with an agency? Do you try to 
use the software. There's so many decisions you can make. And this is something I talk to a lot of people about uh, because they'll come to me and they won't be sure exactly what they should be doing. uh, And they'll be faced with the same questions that, you know, I just proposed of like, well, what direction do I go and do I get a contractor for a fixed fee or hourly or a small agency or a big agency or the list of options that you can take are so big, you know, what direction did you go and why did you feel like that was the best choice at the time? Due to the the size of our catalog, um, we knew we were going to need a, a flexible infrastructure to be able to to fully tackle our, our catalog. Um, so so we felt that that an agency was our was our best route. Um, and when we were looking for, you know, through different agencies, we wanted to make sure that they had the bandwidth to be able to, to manage the size of our catalog um, and that they were flexible and, and, and understood, could get on the same page as our, as our overall um, brand level goals and ski level goals. Um, so, and, 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 you know, with the size of our catalog, we also knew that, that they needed to have technology on the back end that could automate a lot of it and kind of be guided by by the uh, brand level goals we set. For anyone out there listening who is maybe thinking about bringing someone on board, you know, how did you assess that it was going to be the right choice or you know, do you have any ad- advice for people who are maybe thinking about taking that same leap you had uh, to help them find like the right partner for them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's um you know, every, everybody's goals are different um, and everybody's business is different. So just because overdrive went one route doesn't mean that that's, that's the correct route for you. Um, and I think, I think it's important to explore different options. And when you're exploring those, be fully transparent up front with, with the agency or the freelancer that, that you're uh, inquiring um, just about, about what you're trying to get to, where you're at what your expectations are, where your roadblocks are, um, and things of that nature. Do you think you were able to make a good decision because you guys had done it yourself for a little bit? So you sort of knew, you sort of had some of your own experience that you were able to better understand like the landscape of questions to ask and what to do uh, and like where to look and, and those kinds of things? Uh, 100%. It's hard to find what you need if you don't know what you need. Um, and I think that 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 time of, of us internally managing it allowed us to to identify what our pain points were and and and, and have a clear a more clear map on on where we wanted to go. That's cool. So with ten brands that you're like you personally are responsible for uh, the overall P and L performance of them. How do you stay on top of you know ten brands overall? profit and loss statement. So total amount of revenue, uh, total amount of profit per brand. And then you have to go down further because you're also assessing PPC performance. Um, so then you're parsing through ad spend and total revenue and ad revenue and a cost and total a cost. And then you want to do it on a per skew basis, a per skew basis as well. And that's a pretty big task. When did you begin to sort of say like, Hey, I need to do sort of per skew level analysis. And I guess, do you do per skew level analysis? Like walk me through how you go high level, but then also pay attention to things happening on a per skew basis. Yeah. Well, first of all, a lot of credit goes to our, to our internal data teams um, that have set up phenomenal uh, tools to be able to automate a lot of our, 
a lot of the grunt work so we can focus more on on planning and, and be more efficient in our in our workflow. When you say grunt work, do you just mean literally going and downloading the report, like getting the data and putting it into a readable format that you can analyze? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, they've created dashboards that allow us to have a lot of information in one place, um, a lot of critical information that, hmm. that would be hard to pull. Um, so that, that allows us to to scale a lot easier. And, and to answer your question on on if it's just ski level or more high level, it's both. And I think that that's, that's important um, because each, each item is different. Um, the inventory position is different. The, the goal is different. The, the ceiling of the particular product is different. Um, therefore, the goals should be different and treated differently. So that's fascinating. So when you sit down and do your data analysis, and by the way, I think it's brilliant. I, t- I talk to a lot of people that are grabbing and building reports themselves and I've always thought like the easier you could make data pulls, the, like the faster you can have the data right in front of you so that you can do the things that you do best, like analyzing, you know, top line, seeing the P&L, analyzing PPC spend, getting per skew level metrics, and all that good stuff. I think the faster that can go and whether that means people are getting an assistant or someone on the team to prepare that for them so if they're they're the decision maker absolutely brilliant uh to be able to recognize that hey this is a task if i'm going to be analyzing the data maybe i shouldn't also be building like going and grabbing the data um, right. so i think that's a, a awesome nugget there even if it doesn't take much time and i i believe it does like pull the data and like get it in a format that works it's still mentally tax taxing to do it and if you can just show up and look at that data and view that data to be able to make decisions on it all the more mental energy that you'll have to be able to dedicate and make decisions for that so i i I love that um so what does your dashboard look like um so well we've got bunch of different ones. Um, you got many. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, we, we've got ones that, that, that are focused more around a uh, SKU level data, as far as like, you know, inventory units, inventory dollars on hand, um, weeks on hand based on sales rates. It's got a 10 week, uh, week over week sales, um, and profit margins and things like that, along with, with the ad spend, um, for each week. And then we've got ones that, that, to kind of uh, show us where we're where we're trending um, for the month and how that aligns with with the forecasts that we've that we've set. On a scale of one to ten, how important would you say these dashboards are? For us, um, I would say ten because you know our, our entire company kind of operates yeah. around that. Um, you know, without a plan, it, it, it's hard to give directive on 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 where to go and what actions to take and what to dive into. Um, and what 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 needs the majority of of our team's time allocated towards? I love it. You know, I'm thinking back on conversations that I've had, and I've always felt like the our biggest and most successful clients have always, you know, if they ask us a question about reporting, my answer is always, well, like if we're managing someone's campaigns for them, or if someone's looking at our software and they're saying, like, hey, you know, what do your dashboards look like? The first thing I always try to do is like, I know what our dashboards look like and I can tell them, but like, I want to know like what kinds of things are important to them. Just so I have like a big, uh, like database of my own understanding. Like, oh, many people mentioned the same thing over and over. So like, we should be like preempt that and build it. So I always try to get lots of different ideas. And I've always felt that the like fastest moving companies that we work with always knew what kind of metrics they wanted. They always knew what was important to them. 
Yep. Um, and, you know, they'd be able to look at an existing dashboard that we have and be like, oh, like I also need this other metric and I also need this other metric. Or do you have this broken down by this dimension? So definitely, you know, I'm just like pulling out <laughs> uh, really interesting nuggets as you're as you're sharing them of like really understanding the metrics that are most important to you. Uh, right. I think is really fascinating. So to bring it to PPC, if you have like a per skew level basis, and this is a, a very a hot, hotly debated topic, which is could you get per skew level spend per for your advertising? And of course, with sponsored products, you can sponsored display, you can, but unfortunately, with sponsored brands. You cannot, you, there's no report, unfortunately, for sponsored brands that tells you, you know, somebody clicked on this product and purchased because the ad itself has multiple products in it. Right. Uh, and that creates a lot of issues with data analysis. So I know that on our product dashboard that we have in our software, it says up top, like, because we, we sum up the spend per product per, for people and sum up the sales for, per product for people. But there's like this big disclaimer that like Amazon doesn't have this data available. Yes. So how do you cross that gap between, because I, well, I guess the first question is, are you looking at spend on a per skew basis? And if so, how have you thought about filling that gap of sponsored brand ads? Yes, we, we do look at, at spend um, on a, on a per skew basis very closely. Um, we have, budgets on a, on a per ski basis. Obviously, as you, as you alluded to that the sponsored brands has limitations with uh, mapping that to on, on the ski or ASIN level. In that sense, we, we kind of view that separately. Um, the, obviously every brand's different, but, but the majority of our, of our spend is, is towards sponsored products. Um, so do we do we uh, partake in sponsored brands? Yes, um, it's a small portion of our budget, and we kind of just view that separately, um, and don't obviously don't look at it on a per ski basis. Um, we look at it more on the brand level. Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard all kinds of things about how people try to fill that, fill it up, like fill that data hole that exists. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and if it, if it was a larger portion of our of our budget um, mm -hmm. each month. We would probably approach it differently, um, but it's but it's not as of right now. Very cool. So, I imagine then if you have sort of sponsored products and sponsored display data, you're you are able to view things on a per skew basis to so spend total revenue, ad revenue, so on and so forth, and then you're able to. So when you get that report, let's take an example that would require you to say. I need something changed. Like, what would be something that would be like a yellow flag for you? Like, what kind of metrics would you be looking at? And then, what actions would you do? Like, would you just inform someone? Do you have a process in place to sort of fix things, like on a per skew a cost or a per skew total a cost or something like that? As far as like uh, yellow flags, um, I think it's it's totally dependent on on the. The given skew and and what the I guess what the immediate goal is for that skew. Um, so, you know, for for a new product that we just launched, we're not going to be near as as a cost focused as as something that that's a lot further down the line. So we're looking at you know a cost conversions, um, historical a cost, how how last thirty days compares to to the historical data and then, then how often it's hitting the budget, um, in relation to, to, uh, our inventory levels. Um, that's something that's really important to us as well. 
um, the what was the the other? Uh, so yeah, if you if you once you see those things, and maybe something is out of place, maybe you see something, you know, the total A cost is creeping up too high, or maybe the A cost is in the going in the wrong direction. What kinds of involvement do you have? Like, how down in the weeds are you, or you know, who are you interacting with? Uh, like, how, how do you bridge the gap between like seeing something that is a yellow flag for you that you want to take action on, and then what does your next step take? Like, are you sending somebody a message, an email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we have a, uh, a weekly process um, that we've agreed to with our agency on. Basically, we have uh, parameters um, that that uh, kind of triggers which which SKUs are, are going to be actioned on a weekly basis by by the agency. So, you know, we've got, you know, ones with the uh, biggest spend variance um, in, in in comparison to the to the budgets that we that we set for that month. Um, a cost variance, what's our 30 day A cost in comparison to our target A cost, which we have on a SKU level. And uh, and, and ones that are that are hitting the budget um, that are also within a certain percent of our uh, of our target a costs um, so so that that is happening automatically from from the agency they're, they're bringing that to us with actions that we review and that takes care of the majority of it um, now now there's other ones that that don't get picked up in that set of data um, that typically we're just sending that uh, an email over to, to the agency on on what we're seeing and and you know where we'd like it to be, um, but but typically we like to let you know the agency do what they're really good at, so we can focus on what we're really good at. So so we try to keep that as, as separate as possible. Very cool. You know, I I think it's so. And by the way, like that weekly process was that something that you guys suggested to. And and this is another. I'm like pulling out all these like amazing nuggets that you might not even be aware of. Just, I think one thing that I again I talk to so many companies and so many people from different companies, all sorts of positions, and I'll hear sometimes like, "Oh, hey, I'm working with this freelancer or this agency, and I'm having a really hard time. Like, I'm not getting what I need. Like, I really want this. I really want that, uh, and it doesn't feel like they're doing it. Doesn't feel like they're doing it. And sometimes my first question is like, "Well, have you asked them?" And I've always thought that like most marketers are like happy to do what the company wants. They just might not be able to know what the company wants. So I've always felt like being able to advocate for, you know, yourself and being able to say like, Hey, like we, this report would be really useful to us. How can we make it happen? Or like, we need this process. I want to, I want to observe these metrics and then be able to send you a note about them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, give me confirmation when it's complete. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an incredible skill to know when working with contractors that even I myself have to remind myself sometimes, you know, if we're hiring a writer to, uh, you know, help us with some copywriting and they maybe don't do exactly what I thought, I have to ask myself first, like, well, did I ask them to do it? Like there's a lot of responsibility on, on, you know, you, the client to interact, to ask questions, to let them know what you like and don't like to let them know like what processes are going to be really helpful to help you achieve success. I think that's so valuable. Um, so a lot of like, was that an intentional thing or, or just, it just came naturally? Like you just knew. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, we knew that, I think it kind of circles back to when we 
when we were managing it internally, we knew that we would need a lot of communication back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we wanted to make sure that, that we were always, that us and the agency were working together um, more so than, than working separately. Um, because, you know, what's going on on that side, we're making business decisions um, based on that. Um, so, so having full transparency there is really important to us. And, and yes, it was, it was, a it was something that right up front, we, we had a discussion with them about, and, uh, and, you know, we, we encourage them as well to like, let us know, like push back on, on stuff that, that, that you can't tackle so we're fully aware. We'd re way rather know up front than, uh, than just expect that something's getting done and it, and it, that actually not being reality. That's amazing. I really like that. So, I mean, already I've grabbed a lot of sort of operational cues from you at like, if, if I could sort of think back to this, you guys at Overdrive and you personally built up your own database of knowledge. Like you did some trial and error yourself. You knew the terms, you knew what total A cost was and you knew what A cost per SKU means and all these different things. You knew that, and you had done some trial and error yourself with campaigns so that when you were able to bring somebody on board, you knew like what kinds of questions to ask and how to interact with them. You had... At your, at your size, you have an internal data team, but I think it's like such a lesson to have somebody on your team to prepare reports for you and to like create the dashboards for you, whether it be in a Google Sheet or whatever, so that you know the decision makers can do what they do best, which is make decisions, to look at this data, make decisions about where you should be making your investments, knowing your products incredibly well, being able to see on a per skew that level of performance, and then being able to sort of advocate for yourself and let your partners know like, hey, these are things that we need. You know, how can we get these? And having a good feedback loop there. Uh, I think sure. there's some really good gems there uh, that, I, that I definitely believe will help a lot of people listening. Um, any parting thoughts that you want to share with, with Badger Nation here? No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think that, uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I think the transparency with, with whoever your advertising partner is is extremely important and setting goals is is really important um, and, and having a plan to achieve those goals, which will always change, change every day. But having a plan to stick to, um, I think, is is vital for, for any business's success. Um, Adam, so many good gems here. Uh, I feel like I personally am like a better operator now. I'm like ready to go, you know, advocate more with the contractors that we work with. I'm like, need to start getting better about, you know, not creating my own dashboards, having other people on the team create dashboards. Uh, so many great things here. Thank you so much for joining us and yeah. uh, have a good one. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Talk soon.